I remember one time that when I first started knowing porn stars, I was hanging out with one, and her roommate came over, and she just, I hear her complaining, and she's like, ugh, such a shitty day at work. I got marinara sauce all over my ass. <laughs> and she had shot the big sausage pizza thing, and I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe I just heard that sentence. Brought to you by SeatGeek. Get $20 off your first order when you use my code NASH. Guys, what's up? Welcome back to the All Good Things Podcast. Incredible guest here today. I get the best guests, as I always say. Adam22, my man. Jason, how you doing, man? I appreciate you coming. Hey, I'm happy to be here. This is exhilarating. You've uh, you've had a crazy year. I, I met you at the zoo culture opening. Yeah, you were so nice when I met you there. Because I was very proud of you in the weight loss video I just watched before that because I, too, battle against my own desire to eat food. So. What's your, what are your snacks? Oh, uh, your... shit. Dried mango? <laughs> That's not bad. I'm a dried mango fiend. Yeah, but when you're eating, like, 800 calories of it for a snack, it just becomes, like, I, I could make anything something that I could get fat off of at a certain point. It, it's crazy how many calories everything is. You know, Twizzlers? Yeah. A terrible. Yeah. An insane amount. I think like four Twizzlers is like 500 calories. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I'm surprised. Like I ate a piece of bread the other day and I was just looking at it, I'm like, 100 calories. I could do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. For a piece of bread because you, you think of that as the, the real enemy. Right. And what yeah. do you do? You work out? Yeah. I work out and eat eat pretty militant for the most part. You do? Well, I, I'm kind of up and down with it. Like <laughs> the honeymoon. I went on the honeymoon. I was 215. I got home. I was 215. I somehow managed to gain five pounds since then, but now I'm like on a mission because I oh I saw a TikTok that was like critiquing my physique and calling me a fat ass, <laughs> and it just had like three million views, and I was just like, oh my god, this is the fuel I need to do it and how, to really get to where I'm trying to get. How do you how do you navigate all that? Because if, if I saw a TikTok saying that I was a fat ass, that would bum me out the whole day. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I've just taken enough abuse over the years. That that, I... that is true. If you if you take it, we had um, my my assistant. She uh, she they would like when she started. She was on the podcast. They'd write like mean things about her, and you know it would bother her. And I'd be like, well, you know, don't read it. And you got to develop a skin, mm-hmm. right? How do you block all that out? Like, especially the thing you just went through. Mm-hmm. Like that was. All over the internet, the biggest, probably the biggest thing on the internet for the, for the summer. That was nothing because that was like me and my girl had a conversation about it, you know, like about like, oh, this would be a good business move or this is something that if we open our relationship up a little bit, maybe it'll make things a little bit more exciting and stuff. And then it just ended up being so much more viral than we knew that it was going to be, which I guess in retrospect, I, I feel kind of naive that I didn't see it coming as much. Yeah. You know, because it's I know. just like, oh, wow. Like. Nobody has ever really done what I did by like, you know, no, no guy has ever willingly like said like, okay, I'm going to let my girl shoot porn with another dude, like a, like a well-known person. That's right. Just, nobody had ever even thought of that. No. And then it just <laughs> took the world by storm what, because it, nobody could believe it. Was it, was it, did it only become big once Jason Love talked some shit? Or was no, it even big before that? It was big before, like I talked about it on my podcast and it was already huge. Tons of posts just about me talking about it. And then she posts the video of her sort of like looking into the camera and, and giggling while that he walks TikTok, up in the back. Yeah. And that just like set it on fire. And then it was like everything we did would just make it go crazier and crazier. And I would tweet something that was kind of like my honest opinion, but I would phrase it in like a funny way. And it was just all over again. It, it is kind of weird too. Cause it was kind of like, Oh, in the middle of it, I was like, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever go viral like this again. Uh huh. Like this is probably the top of the mountain, right? <laughs> like, what, what? I don't know, Adam. You've been through. Yeah. You've been. There seems to be uh, controversy follows you. But when I looked at like the Google activity from my life, it was like I basically didn't exist before this. Now, to my fans and stuff, they're like, "Oh, I've been watching you since 2015," but like comparatively, it's basically just like exploding. That's a weird feeling. I have to say, like, do you ever get uh, performance anxiety? Um, a little bit. I've had I've had moments where uh, it was a little hard to keep it going. For the most part, though, like, what do you do? Cut that out? Cut that part out? 
Yeah, sometimes we have to <laughs> cut for a little bit and so on. Because I, I, I get, I, I have, when I have sex with my fiance, like, I, I get, I just get nervous before. I'm like, am I going to be, really? uh, am I going to be able to do this? Like, uh, you know, like, and uh, usually everything's fine, but right. I do, I do, I, I get in my head about it. I'm like, is, is am I going to be able to? The weird thing about it is that you schedule it in advance. Right. So it's like, it'll be in my calendar that I basically got to bust a nut at <laughs> noon, 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. What? Yeah, because I, I schedule the fuck out of my shit. Cause you do I, three times in one day? Yeah, but then sometimes I'll have days where that's not really happening. Right. And that could be kind of awkward because it's like you don't really know like what zone you're going to be in no. mentally, you know? But then like I've got it booked like weeks in advance, so sometimes I just got to rise to the occasion, yeah. So you, you're you not three times in one day? I think my record is like seven. No. Crazy ass stripper in Long Beach back in the day kind of made me realize that if I if I had somebody pushing me, I could <laughs> excel. Cause she would come over and just make me banger like a million times. And I, I had no idea that I could do it a bunch of times in a row. <laughs> How but, many scenes do you shoot a week? That's we actually kind of had a realization that we were overdoing it recently because sometimes we'll have it like a recent week was like two scenes on Monday. Two scenes on Tuesday, two scenes on Wednesday, two scenes on Thursday. And by the end of it, it definitely felt like me and her both didn't really feel inspired by it, you know? But you also book it like that because it's like, like that's eight scenes. I feel like one or two of them might have ended up canceling at the last minute. So it's like it ends up being a little bit more reasonable. But I'm kind of the same way with the podcast thing, too. It's like I've had weeks where I did like 18-hour-plus-long podcasts in a week. Like yeah. Monday through Friday. And like, I mean, it's not good for your mental health and it's not good for your like overall energy levels. Sometimes it's like, bro, if this shit is on the table, I got to get to it. Like I just like if I, if I kill myself this week working my ass off, maybe I could chill a little bit the next week. And then that inevitably does not happen. And I end up right. keep going crazy the next week. Yeah. Have you had, have you had any cool offers with like this, your new visibility? Like remember everything that happened? Are, just has like the wind reached out for you to DJ or anything like that. You know, I never got into that like club world because yeah. like certain people get famous and that's just what they do is they're getting like club appearances. Yeah. Well, no, I had somebody try to offer to book me for a club appearance in Arizona with Lena and they were just like, how much they said, like how much, like they go, money is no object. Like you could, you could ask for whatever you think you deserve. And I hit them with an amount and they were like, Oh, never mind. Like, yeah, 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 but yeah. I, to me, it's like, if you really expect me to spend my Friday and Saturday in transit to Arizona and back, it's just got to make yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when you're doing, like, a lot of money on, like, already, it just it would take a lot for me to want to move around like that. Yeah. Because Saturday and Sunday is for the kid, you know? Right. Yeah. How is that? How you like being a dad? I love it. It's the best. It's, like, just so overwhelming but just ridiculous. Even just, just now when I was leaving – like my kid had, I just walk into my bedroom to put my shoes on and I see the, the housekeeper is just sitting there with my kid reading her a book and she's just, she had created a little bed on the ground out of like the pillows and stuff. And she just looks at me and goes, look, I created a bed. Well, she didn't say created. She said, look, I made a bed. <laughs> and it was just like the, the, the enthusiasm in her face in that moment was just like, oh my God, like I feel so lucky to have you. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps you going, right? <sighs> yeah. It's the best thing. Like, uh, I felt like when I had kids, like it, it, it put everything into perspective. Like everything lined up for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, oh, okay, every every decision that was made was so much easier, right? Like when you I were talk s- to people who are like go out and party and they, they go on trips and it's just no big deal. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go to Miami. No, I'm gonna go to Texas. No, I'm gonna go Vegas or whatever. And it's like, oh my god, I I, I require a lot of planning to make shit happen especially my girl yeah like we just can't move around all willy-nilly you know you grew up in new hampshire nashua new hampshire i grew up in boston really where at Uh, in the suburbs okay what was that like nashua new hampshire about population like eighty-five thousand. uh pretty like standard sort of suburban upbringing even though nashua is technically a small city um my dad uh worked basically in like social services for most of his, most of my childhood. He, he worked in like a getting bids for like a construction company and stuff for a while. He, he kind of did a little run trying to make it in like local politics and stuff. My mom was a librarian for pretty much my whole oh, wow. life. So just very 
sort of modest family. Brothers and sisters? Yeah, one sister. She's three years younger than me. The guy she married, I actually hired to be, like, my main dude at No Jumper. So I'm with him, like, every day. And they moved out here. Oh. So that's been dope. And then my family, my mom and dad moved after they did? them. Yeah, but they're up in, like, Santa Clarita and shit. But we, we hang out with them a lot. Oh, damn. And was it, I guess I would say that you're kind of, like, um, you know, you're just definitely an out-of-the-box kind of dude. Is that how you've always been when you were younger, too, in I, high school and stuff? Yeah, like, I always had things I was passionate about that basically, like, it made it impossible for me to focus on school or anything. You know, I was into comic books. I was into drawing. I was into video games. I was into, you know, BMX. Like, all these things over the years that I just, like, if I'm interested in something, like, even to this day, I don't really think about business. I just think about, like, what am I excited to talk about on camera or what am I excited to make on a day-to-day basis? Like, the, the if anything, it's a problem for me that I'm not really, like, focused on, like, okay, well, how do I also make money at the same time, right. you know? I'm, I'm so focused on just what I'm excited about and what I'm into. Um, and I've always pretty much been like that. I couldn't do good in school because I was just too focused on riding bikes and video games or whatever I was into that year. And that was your first thing, right? You had a BMX blog? Well, when I was like when I was 12, I started riding BMX, and I turned 22, and I had moved to New York, and I was basically playing online poker for a living at that time, uh, and I was also, like, reading a lot of hip-hop blogs, which were kind of, like, coming out around that time in, like, 2015, yeah. and I just had this epiphany of, like, oh, I could do this, but for BMX bikes, so I started this website, and within, like, a year, I was basically, like, the most well-known media personality in BMX just because I had so much shit that I wanted to talk, you know, I just had mm-hmm. infinite opinions. And now we kind of live in like the opinion economy where anytime anybody has an opinion about anything, it's just pretty easy to monetize it. You know, if you have some crazy take that you want to get out there, Jason Nass is a piece of shit. You make a YouTube video, Jason Nass is Flip a piece it. of shit. Yeah. You're lit. Like, that's yeah. the, you know, that like now we're used to that, but that was always just kind of me. I always had some crazy opinions on deck. Right. Um, and you weren't shy about putting them out there. No, I had to learn to be a little shy about it over time. I remember being, <laughs> I remember being like 30 years old and kind of having the realization of like, if I want people to like me, I'm going to have to start being more strategic about talking shit (laughs) in particular about those people, Uh which to most people seems really obvious, but it took me a while to just accept, like I have to be a little bit more careful about who I'm trashing. The, the, The first, the first time I saw you, I was really impressed with you because I felt like you were um, you were featuring like underground music, mm-hmm. and I just thought to myself, "Oh my god, like this is so fucking cool!" Like this guy's f- is like bringing people underground music, and there's an audience for that. Yeah, yeah. Before I started doing like all these rap underground rapper interviews, there wasn't really anybody doing that type of thing. Like there's there might have been some smaller outlets and stuff, but I feel like like I remember the first times. I interviewed these underground rappers. People were just commenting, like, are you serious? You think we're going to watch an hour and a half long interview with these fucking dudes with, you know, 50,000 followers or whatever? And I I remember thinking, like, fuck, do I have to cut these up into little chunks or whatever? This is way before the clip era. And, uh, yeah, that, that, but that, again, like, I just was, I had a bike shop in downtown L.A. around about 2013, 2014, and I was just like, you know what, I got to, I got to start interviewing all these rappers from all these underground warehouse shows that I'm going to. It was exciting to me because I've always been such a rap fan, but like culturally I felt kind of separate from it in the sense of like, you know, I always just thought like, Oh, the, the rapper type people are like dudes from LA and they're in gangs or they like, you know, wear chains and shit. And then all of a sudden I'm going to these underground shows with just young scrappy ass kids, just making these crazy songs and like, mosh pits at all the shows and people are doing drugs out in the open at the shows and stuff and i just got really excited about going to those shows and i had already started doing bmx interviews and i just kind of like as as i got the opportunities i was just asking all these underground rappers to do interviews and then that shit just kind of exploded yeah was that a cool feeling when you saw that there was an audience for it and it was because I spent so many years trapped in this BMX world that uh-huh. is like very hard to escape from. Sure, it's a super niche. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you could be the most popular popular guy in that world, but how are you ever going to get anybody else to pay attention to you? Yeah. But I remember I uh, I engineered some viral success at certain points. Like I remember I had a friend named Tate Tate Ross Kelly who's like this amazing BMX rider, and he 
had this one video that he was going to let me put out on the channel and it, he was doing tons of these super cr uh, creative tricks and there had been another guy that went viral for a sort of similar video of him doing a bunch of creative stuff. So I remember I did like a Google search. I found every single blog post from that, that had written about this one dude. And I messaged every single person from all these different blogs and websites and stuff. And I messaged them and said, hey, I saw that you posted this video. I uh, have another client that I manage. I was pretending to manage the guy that whatever. Like I was just lying. And I was like, right. I have another piece of content that I think you might be interested. It would make a really good blog post. So I did that. And all of a sudden that got like 20 million views. And uh, you did what? You took their videos and put them on your channel? Uh, yeah, I was just getting videos. Like people were just letting me upload all kinds of stuff at that time. Right. But I got like hundreds of blogs to write about this one video. Oh wow! And then that just like made it go viral. And I just kind of like kept getting more and more into the mentality of like, oh, I can actually like run game on the internet. I can I can figure out how to make this shit happen. And now now I'm really don't do almost anything to make content go viral. Just you know upload it and just right. see what happens. But back then it was like. To make something go viral in BMX, you just really have to like contextualize it to make it so that the outside audience can kind of understand, you know. Right. And then when you would do, I, I think that that's those are the that's like the best story, man, because it's like um, those are the best stories when somebody just does something for the love, mm. you know. Like you were just you just love going to hip hop shows, yeah, right. And I was just having a good old time and just really hanging out with these dudes, and then it just kind of blew up. Do you ever feel like uh, you're in danger? Like I know you had a gun pulled on you once. Yeah. Down your studio, right? I mean, I definitely move around a certain way. And, like, you know, I'm not really taking chances in terms of... You're not um, live streaming. Uh, we live stream, <laughs> but we have, you know, we have uh, armed security at the office. And, you know, yeah. when I go to events and stuff, a lot of times I got armed security with me and stuff just because it's not really like I think anybody's going to do anything. But it's like I don't spend money on anything else, so I might as well invest in my safety, I guess. You right. Know? So, yeah, I don't really worry about it too much just because now, like, at that time, bro, like, years and years that we spent at that store not thinking about security, not thinking about having uh, weapons on us or anything like that, and nothing ever happened for years and years and years, and then finally one crazy fan runs up on me with a gun, and it just kind of completely changed the way that I thought about everything. So you were live when that happened? Yeah, we were, we were live doing this thing that we were doing at the time where we like listened to the fans' music for donations. Mm -hmm. And we would spend sometimes like eight hours on live stream just in the back of the bike shop smoking weed. And I remember we ordered uh, food. We ordered like Bossa Nova. And the guy was bringing it in. Like my guy went out to get it. And when he was bringing it in, this fucking dude with the gun slipped in right around him. And it was crazy because the guy who was bringing the food in he had a gun on him, and so this dude starts waving the gun in front of my head, and I'm just ah, like, what the fuck is going on? But then my homie, he's got his gun already pointed at the dude's head, and for some reason he didn't pull the trigger because I think he, in that moment, he looked at the gun and he realized that it was a fucked up gun, which is not really a good reason to not do something, but it was it was like a prop gun or it was yeah. like a fake gun. with like It had duct tape around the handle and shit like that. Now, obviously, your security, if somebody points a gun at you, is supposed to... You know, they're supposed to do what they got to do, but... Um, but he was actually smart in that moment. Yeah, he spared... To be him, able to spot that. Probably spared himself some therapy bills right there, yeah. Spared himself, you know, legal legal issues or... Or, some, you, or, the, or someone could have got shot. You could have got... Oh, no, yeah. You could have got a bullet. Yeah, no, I mean, it would have been crazy because basically it was like a domino type thing of like different people or whatever, but... And then what happened? Someone tackled him or someone got the gun from him? Yeah, I mean, I think we all just sort of like wrestled him to the ground, and then I, I didn't even hit him. My, my my friends just honestly kicked him in the head until he was unconscious. Did you go to court with that guy? I did one time, but then they like canceled it at the last minute. I had to get up so early to go to court because <laughs> Logan Paul told me he's like, he's like, let me tell you something. I had a I had a stalker one time. I chose not to press charges on him. He came back like five more times, or ten more times, or whatever. He's like, go to court, do it the right way. I'm like, okay, yeah. Logan. Take your advice on this. Yeah. yeah. And you did it. And I did. But I don't know if anything ever happened. You don't know what happened to him. No, no idea. Damn. I know there's like a there's a stigma about calling the cops in hip hop, but figure you gotta do what you gotta do. We have uh, a lot of people say that my fiance looks like it's Lena, right? Lena. Yeah, a lot of people say my fiance looks like Lena. Sometimes I say Lena, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. No, everybody, yeah. Um let's see let's see if they look alike, if you think they look alike. Oh, here we go. 
And I was. Oh, I can see it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> How old is she? She's 31. Very pretty. Congrats. Yeah. You too, man. And it was Thank so you. great. Like, um, getting to meet her and she was so sweet so nice well i wouldn't even probably know who you were if it wasn't for her because she was the diehard vlog squad fan okay yeah like and that was maybe like the first youtube channel where i saw her just like super excited to watch it every week and yeah. shit so that definitely got me clued into you early on i guess quick break in the action guys to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by the one and only seat geek the most amazing ticketing app out there the app that you need to use if you want to buy concert tickets if you want to sell concert tickets but mostly for me i buy them on there you can get great deals on there go see any artist that's coming to your city. I saw Taylor Swift in Las Vegas a few months ago. Thanks to SeatGeek. Go right now. Go download the SeatGeek app. Go to the link in the description right now. Download the SeatGeek app and just have it on your phone. Have it there waiting so you can have great times. The summer is coming to an end. And if you go right now, download the SeatGeek app, you're going to get $20 off your first order when you use my code NASH. Incredible deal. $20 off the top when you use my code NASH. I highly recommend it. I highly implore you to go out and uh, and support SeatGeek because they support us and they're offering uh, a great product. Uh, the tickets, they come right to your phone. You swipe them, you go right in. Go check out SeatGeek, go to the link in the description, download the app, and my thanks to SeatGeek for sponsoring this podcast. So then when you made the decision to do porn, was that a tough one? It really, like, it just kind of happened gradually because when I first started hanging out with Lena... We How'd you were, meet her? Um, she messaged me on Instagram. She was working for this social media company that had a couple of models that they were trying to get onto different podcasts. She's not so much like a big hip-hop fan. She was like an EDM fan, and she was a Dylan Francis fan, and she had listened to me interview him. So I was at the front of her mind to message me to do in an interview with these models that she was representing for the, the company. And I pretty much right away, like just looking through her Instagram, she had like 50,000 followers or something. And I just messaged her and I, I messaged her back and I was just like, Hey, so you should take me on a date sometime or you should buy me a drink sometime, which she always reminds me that this was my line at the time, which <laughs> I probably have said that to a lot of girls over the years of just doing that sort of, aha, I'm, I'm messing with your head. You think that I'm going to take you on a date. Sure. No, you're going to take me on Kinda a date. Kind of works. It, it worked with it her. It worked with her. And we just hung out, and uh, rest in peace to Gangsta Boo, but I hung out with her that first night. She's like this uh, legendary female rapper from Memphis that uh, was in 3-6 Mafia. That it was, it was like she was interviewing me that night. Yeah. And so I brought Lena with me, and we just had a great time. And it didn't turn serious for a few months after that, but then we actually really started to – click and and like the first one of the first times we ever had sex we facetimed this this girl that we knew while hooking up right and and just because i don't know i guess we're kind of like exhibitionists and for a while it was like we would go to the club meet a girl or like plan out meeting up with a girl and then you know just have some crazy threesome and just record it on our phone and then sometimes she would end up putting on her OnlyFans, but it wasn't really like that serious of a plan. Yeah. And then as time went by, it just kind of became more like, oh, hey, can I like book you Wednesday? Like, are you down to fuck me and my friend on Wednesday night? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 book me. <laughs> and then as time went by, it became more and more like, okay, well, we're going to like really like schedule a full day of shooting and like we're going to start this business together, et cetera. And so it just kind of gradually fell into it. Knowing everything I know now, I'm like, why the fuck did you have confidence? to think that you would be able to actually do that. Yeah. But I just, it didn't seem like a big deal to me. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I always, I don't think I could do it. From my experience, most guys can't. And I don't want to, like, talk about myself like I'm anything special, but I've seen a lot of professionals strike out on camera. And it just makes me realize, like, oh, this is not an easy thing for the vast majority of dudes. Yeah. Yeah. To have everybody watching you. Yeah. To, to, uh... How long is too long to go? Like, how long is a sex scene? Like, sometimes sometimes if I go on Pornhub and I see a sex scene that's, like, 59 minutes, I'm like... Oh, I agree. Who yeah. is... You gotta hit 10 minutes. Who is watching 59 minutes? For OnlyFans, like, analytics-wise, she told me that, like, 10 minutes is important because if they see 9 minutes, 50 seconds, it just doesn't seem like a full thing to them. Like, oh, really? Psychologically, 10 minutes is better. We try to, like, on Plug Talk, we'll aim for, like at least 15, 20 minutes of hooking up. It's, uh-huh. it's kind of really about like how many positions you're going to fit in there and stuff. Because one thing you realize when you, if you watch an hour long porno, they just stretch shit out. It's like, oh, you're sucking dick. You're not sucking dick for two minutes. You're sucking dick for nine minutes. Like <laughs> they're like, 
you know, it's just making everything last longer. Whereas when you're having sex in the normal human realm, you know, like how long are you really going to get hit for? It's like, uh, yeah. you're going to move past it at a certain point and start doing something different. Right. It's I like, feel bad when someone's giving me head. Yeah. Yeah. Like I enjoy it, but it's like, I'm like, ah, eh, it's all right. You can stop. <laughs> yeah. No, I can, I feel that. There's definitely a little bit you know, of that. It's like, you just want to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice for a while. And then yeah. you're like, in the normal world, yeah. it's definitely like a girl's going to look at you like a fucking psycho if you're just like getting crazy ass head for 20 minutes straight. But in the porn world, we call that running out the clock, just stretching that content out, you know? Got a lot of basketball <laughs> metaphors today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so if, if you would have, t- take us take us through like a a, a porn set. Who's, who's on there? Is it just you filming it? No, we have a filmer. Like we, we, she has a house, and then I also have like a warehouse that we can film uh, porn in. I don't, I, I don't get like the the real experience of the average like male performer because sometimes I talk to those dudes and I realize that when they get booked and they get paid their day rate, they might be in that in a mansion or in a, a rental property from like noon to eight. Yeah, which I never have to do that. Like for me, it's like I schedule all my own shit. So. Pretty much, you know, like an average plug talk day is like, say the scene is scheduled for 12. We have a photographer. We do our whole little photo shoot so that we got photo assets. We do a couple of different TikToks together to promote it. Then we, uh, you know, we, we do the interview. The girls go in the bathroom and tidy up a little bit. Then we film the scene. I finish. Boom. I go back in my office. I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm, I'm getting ready for the next interview, whatever. And uh, I don't really have to, like, be under anybody else's clock, which I, I feel like is good because I feel yeah. like I would go crazy. Like, the dudes who can really just get hard on command, finish on command, do it multiple times in a day, et cetera, like, those dudes are legends because that shit is not easy when yeah. you have a director telling you what to do every five seconds. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Our stuff is, like, a lot closer to just a real hookup, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you talked to Tate for a while. Aiden Ross got me on the line with him, yeah. Yeah, tell us about that. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Aiden just, like, got us talking to him. He wasn't really as entertaining as people probably expected him to be in that moment because he was just kind of like, hey, I don't want to, you know, pass judgment on what two consenting adults choose to do together. Yeah, so you were sitting there talking to Aiden, and then he just brought Tate in. Yeah, or, or actually, no, it was in between plug talk scenes. So I was kind of annoyed that I had to do it because I'm sitting there on my desk, like kind of sweaty from having just shot the scene. And then my girl comes into the room like, hey, Aiden Ross is trying to get you on with Andrew Tate right now. And I'm just like, Ugh, I don't want to do it. What the fuck? And then I'm just like, all right, I got to do it. I'm going to drag myself over here and do this. He was he was nice. It, it got framed as if he was talking shit about me and all the headlines and stuff, which right. that was definitely a big realization through this whole cuck arc that, uh, yeah, like. No matter what you say or do, people are going to paint it in whatever light they want it to be. You know, mm-hmm. like me and Lena, we did a podcast together where we actually had Jason Love like zoom in to talk about it and stuff. And when we got done, we're like, oh, I think that was really good. I think people are going to totally like get where we're coming from more. And then the headlines come out and it's just like, all of it was just centered around like, oh, look how fucking stupid these people are. Look at how humiliating this was. You know, like if they have an angle they want to run with, they're just going to run with it, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, people feel, and they can, because you're putting it out there, that they can say whatever they want, and yeah. people just fucking go in. And at the same time, it drives your views up. Right. You know, like, you get insane views from it. But I think ultimately, like, um, I think it's really hard to maintain the relationship. Yeah. With it, that. It's like... um You guys at, have to be really special people. At a certain point, I think I started to view it as, like, okay, I'm creating content i'm creating raw material by which people out there can have conversations based around it like by being a public figure that's just what you're doing and especially because like you you don't even get to monetize a huge part of it because like if i do a good interview it's all over tiktok it's all over reels it's all over shorts like i'm not seeing any kind of benefit from it but like you just have to hope that you know some percentage of it is going to get monetized and that you know but you you kind of have to accept that at a certain point that like People are going to say and do whatever they want with my life, with my existence, and that's okay. Like, How do you keep your relationship with Lena going? Like, keep it tight, keep everything. Like, what do you do? Like, I, like for me, like, uh, I'm in a new relationship, and, like, when I was younger, um, I didn't 
I didn't really like take care of the relationship. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, but now I'm older and I'm like, I understand like you have to like fucking actively do things every day. Like, I'll give you an example. Like I went, um, I went to the gym early yesterday morning at like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I went hiking and then I was going to go to the gym, but instead I called her and I said, you want to go for a walk? She loves to walk. And that was just like incredible. Right. You know, but that's something I wouldn't have thought to do. I would have just been selfish. I would have been like, no, I'm going to go to the gym. No, I'm going to go call my buddy Todd. I'm going to hang up. You know what I mean? Right. So just like that. The personal touch is huge for women in particular. I spent $7 on uh, flowers yesterday at Trader Joe's. Right. Just, just as an afterthought, just uh-huh. kind of like I was already checking out and I was like, I saw the flowers. I was like, you know what? Let me grab them. You'd think, I mean, you think they I just would, want to know think you I was fucking them. Leonardo DiCaprio. They you, just wanted to know that you were thinking of them. Yeah. That means I mean, a it lot. was the yeah. best $7 that I've ever spent. Yeah. You know, they, she was so touched by it. And that's the thing that I'm learning. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I'm learning it now. Yeah. But it's super important. It I don't just think doesn't guys come know naturally that. to a lot of us. Sorry, yeah. I keep cutting you off. What no, were you saying? I, I think it just doesn't come naturally to a lot of us because it, it is kind of like I assume my girl loves me and she doesn't really need to do a lot to let me know that. Yeah. I just kind of am. I've already accepted it. Okay. You love me. I'm good. But yeah, like those little things definitely mean so much. Like an example that comes to mind is like I always kind of look down on people who would like go to, you know, Africa to do charity work. Just because, to me, I, my, my thought process was always, like, if you really cared about helping out this impoverished area, you would find a really good charity, and you would work extra shifts at your job, and you would send that money to help them out. Like, clearly, if you feel like the important part is you inserting yourself into these people's daily lives, I think that that means that it's more about you making yourself feel good oh. rather than helping people. But I was having a conversation with my friend Destiny, who's like a really brilliant uh, streamer. And he just said, he's like, he's just like, I don't really agree with that. I think like you're a human being and you need to like put yourself into these situations to be able to do the things that, that matter to you. And you, you need to like, you know, like, like the real life touch of that shit is so much more important than setting aside an extra 10% of your paycheck to give it to the causes that you care about like uh-huh. the, the real life experience of it is important and that is a and, and not to say anything about like you know people seeing you do it and that's going to like inspire more people and stuff like that but i think that same thing with a, a relationship is like it's not enough for you to just know that you love each other it's like you have to demonstrate it on a consistent basis and especially this like thinking of cute ways or like you know smart little inventive ways for you to demonstrate to your girl that you love her and I feel like, you know, me and her are kind of dealing with, like, with that right now where we were riding this crazy viral high for a month or a month and a half or whatever there. And now it's like our life has kind of got back to normal and we have crazy busy schedules of shooting content and stuff. But she kind of said to me the other day of, like, I don't really feel close to you right now. Like, I want to feel closer. We need to spend more time together, et cetera. You know, I, I really want to have that whereas like we were kind of like running off the fumes from the viral cuck arc for a while there and uh so i'm kind of like now i I have been thinking about that lately of like okay what am i gonna do i gotta think of something i'm gonna do on the way home today that's gonna let her what do you do i don't know the flowers thing is good you know (laughs) try to just it's kind of weird because she's on a diet too like she's trying to be super in shape right now so you Mm -hmm. can't really do the the box of chocolates thing that would normally be a old standby don't do that yeah don't do that i don't know i guess I know, I know a store that she really likes the clothes from, so maybe I'll go by there. She would be shocked if I went to the store, if I went on my way there. How's the Lamborghini you bought? That was a lie. That was fake. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a them auto uh, exotic I rentals. T- I know it was fake because her reaction was so bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Terrible acting on both of our parts, but it went so viral. Like New York Post front page cover fucking storyline. No fucking I mean, way. maybe not cover, but it was like, a, like it was important enough for them to post. I think that's how my parents found out was yeah. the New York Post posting about it. What do your parents say about everything? We've never really had a conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of ignore it as much as possible. <laughs> Which I don't blame them at all, um, but they th- this thing was like kind of too big for them to ignore. So yeah, they, didn't, they didn't they didn't talk to me about it though. They talked to my sister about it, and mm-hmm. my sister sort of filled in some of the blanks for them. 
So was all right. It's a funny thing too. Like I always, th- I used to think about stuff like that, like stuff I would do on the internet and if my mom would like be embarrassed of me and stuff like that. But now that I have kids, I understand that like whatever they do is I'm, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? And people make mistakes and stuff like that. So it's not something you should. I think it sounds like your parents are pretty chill if they moved out here. Yeah. So, and it probably is best that you don't talk about it. Like, what yeah. are you going to say? I don't think there's any like positive no. thing to come from us having a conversation about it. You know, they see that we're happy. My parents love my girl. You know, they, they think she's, she's incredible. Great. Yeah. They, they see her as a parent and they think she's amazing. Like that, that gets lost in the conversation that she's just like a unbelievable mom. Yes. Like, so I, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have a kid with a girl who wasn't like an amazing mother. Like yeah. that would be really tough for me because she just kills it. I'm constantly trying to just keep up with how good she is at being a mom. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was like, watching uh, yeah. Hulk Hogan talk about this and maybe, maybe you can relate to this too. It's like, he was like, you know, Hulk, but then when he went home, he was, you know, Terry, you yeah. know, he never, he never had like pictures of himself up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that's probably true for you too. Like you have your internet persona yeah, and that's that. And, and then you have the real you. I don't want to clobber my kid over the head with my existence, you know? And I already see how it's going to be weird. Cause like I'll be with her and we were just in Palm Springs for the weekend. And it's like, I got to stop and take pictures with people and shit. And she's just looking at me like, who's that? Who is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I have a go-to answer too. It's just like he watches daddy's interviews, right? You know, so Perfect. that's what I'm kind of rolling with. I feel like that's that's good enough for now. But uh, yeah, I don't have anything. If you walked in my house, you would have no idea that it was our house. I don't. I have friends who like have pictures of themselves on the wall. That's weird, man. All the cool stuff they've yourself. done in their life is on the yeah, wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. I respect it because it might motivate them or whatever but that's the last thing i want to think about is my own existence at all times you know yeah me too I yeah fuck, i don't I, if i could drop off the face of the earth i would maybe in your office you yeah. could have a picture of you the time you met barack obama or whatever yeah that makes sense to me but in terms of the house uh, i want to come home and leave that behind my daughter was she called me one night crying she was on reddit she was and she was like reading stuff about me really and it's it's just awful. Oh, I'm going like to have to do that. Stuff pe- people made up. I had a, uh, but in terms of like coming home, like I had a realization pretty early on because I was driving home from work and I was, I was watching the, the, this rap battle thing called Versus between uh, Gucci Mane and Young Jeezy and they're like trashing each other on stage and it was just this epic thing and I walk in the door stoned as fuck just like like watching it cracking up laughing just like oh my god this is fucking great I walk into the room it's my mom and my girl and she my girl's holding the baby the baby's like two weeks old three weeks old just sitting on the couch and I'm just sitting down with the phone still playing like, you would not believe what they're saying to each other. This shit is crazy. And my, uh, my girl's just looking at me just like, what the fuck? And I, that was like the realization in that moment of like, oh, you got you to gotta leave your, your identity that you've got for yourself on the shelf when you come home. Because it's just, you can't be carrying this crazy, chaotic, real world energy into that environment. Like you have to be able to just shut it off. Like you're a cop. You've been cleaning up pieces of skulls all day off yeah. the sidewalk, but you got to come home. And, and I never understood what they were talking about, like, leave your job at home. Uh-huh. And then once I had a kid, I started to make sense. Yeah, that's really cool. What you just That's really funny what you just said, like, losing your identity. It's kind of sad. And it's tough, like, when you're – it's tough as a guy to, like, to do that. I, I went through that when I had my kids. I was like, oh, fuck, it's like – not about me yeah, at all because you define yourself by your interests and what mm-hmm. you're hyped on and what your friends are into etc mm-hmm. like so many of us have that experience of having like a really good friend group that allows you to stay a little boy longer into yeah. your 20s or whatever because you just have this support system from all your friends even i know a guy right now who's like straight up telling me like yeah i'm never gonna get married because me and my boys are so tight <laughs> and i'm just like <laughs> Like, I, I probably would have told you that at a certain point in my life, too, but yeah. it seems kind of silly to me now. Like, your boys are going to get married at some point. Your boys are going to have kids. Like, yeah. and if not, you're going to just be 50-year-old weird dudes just hanging out together all the time. Like, And I understand people don't want to have kids and stuff, but having done it, I now kind of have a hard time imagining going through my whole life without doing it a couple of times, you know? 
how long do you think you'll keep going doing this? Do you think you'll be able to perform as you're, you're, you're a great performer sexually. You can go three times a day. <laughs> you think you'll be able to do that in 10 years? 10? Well, I'm yeah. 49. I mean, I hope, because I, I really don't have to do it now. I'm just having a good time with it. And my girl's in the prime of her career. So I right. want to, you know, do it with her and everything. I guess my goal with Plug Talk is to really build a business that exists outside of me where like I'm not really the draw and my girl's not the draw. And it's more about us like creating like a platform where we're able to create this cool content. But it's like, you know, I know dudes like Jules Jordan who's like, I mean, he's still the dude banging a chick. Who's Jules Jordan? He's like one of the biggest porn producers and he owns this big company and stuff. And it's like, Sometimes I'm surprised when I see a new scene coming out and I'm like, oh, this chick is getting fucked by Jules Jordan and some other big ass dude. And like, he, he's the owner of the company. He's rich. He don't have to do it, but he's horny. Why not? Let's, <laughs> let's do it. I don't know. I mean, I, I could see myself just not doing it, but it would, if my girl, that's why I always think about it. if my girl left me, would I double down on doing adult content or would I like go get myself a substitute teacher and try to have a normal life? Uh-huh. I don't know. It seems kind of naive for me to act like I would be down to have a normal life. <laughs> I know. I, I you you don't seem like an, an egomaniac. Yeah. You seem like you seem like a, just a dude that's like having fun and like you you like doing shit. I could yeah. see I could see you dropping off. Yeah. You know? That sounds great. Especially if you have made enough money. I've thought about it a lot. About like, oh my god, what if I were to just vanish my ass out of this whole life? Obviously, you can't really think about it with the kid thing, but you know, just well, no. I mean, you can't leave the kid, but you could drop off the internet. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Or do you mean leave the kid? No, yeah. But I mean, I've thought about both. Like, you ever have like your girl get so mad at you that you start thinking about like, okay, well, what if she's really mad? What if she's going to be mad forever? About yes, this? yes. I always think that. Yeah. I always think that this is it. Yeah. And what it's am I going to do? It. Yeah, it's never it. You no. can always work through it. Well, yeah. I mean, until you can't. But Most of the time. Yeah. And I just like always kind of think of that like, oh my God, like what if, what if I have to figure out a backup plan for this? Like, what if I have to figure out what hotel I'm going to stay at. <laughs> like, that's such a weird, but like you have enough money where you could stop right now. Yeah, maybe, but do you do investments and stuff? You like properties and stuff a little bit, but I should probably do more. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't feel like I could do that. I remember I was like, I was kind of depressed and I was having a conversation with Ryan long. who's a comedian. I know Ryan long. Yeah. He's he great. was here. He's awesome. Yeah. He's great. And, uh, how'd you get talking with him? Uh, I don't know. Both edge lords, uh, you know, we're just both being out here like doing shocking internet commentary. Yeah, I guess yeah. he's hilarious. So I love that guy. He's great. But I was I was doing a podcast with him, and I was kind of talking about like you know I'm kind of depressed. I'm like you know I really want to just like spend more time with my kid and just you know I'm kind of over all this like making content shit. And he just laughed in my face and he's like, "What are you gonna do? You're gonna just stay home and." watch your kid he's like guy like you you're not gonna do that he's like you want to you want to do stuff you're a mover and a shaker you're not gonna fucking just sit around and watch your kid all day i'm like damn it he's right he's got a fucking good point i'm not gonna be able to just chill like like as much as spending time with your kid is so awesome it's like in order for me to be myself like i have to be on some kind of mission right i think right now at your age you're not you can't do that but I, you maybe you couldn't yeah you get 10, older 15 years yeah. but that's why you know the people who seem like they get really successful in certain things like politicians and shit are basically the people who just keep grinding into their 60s and 70s and seem like they just can't stop working whether it's actors or musicians or whatever it's like a lot of the most successful people just keep going forever and sometimes i think that's a sign of them being miserable i feel miserable sometimes yeah. How's your mental health? I think it's very good. Did right it, now. Was it? Was it? Was it? The, all the stuff that happened with Jason Love did that fuck you up? It it briefly put me into like kind of a state of flux where I wasn't really sure how I felt about it or if I wanted to do it again, you know, or if I was okay with her working with more guys or anything like that. But then, like as I emerged from the cuck saga, I I don't know. It gave me like a new sense of confidence. Like I re I really got to thank that giant black cock because it really <laughs> just made me like kind of gain a different level of like, Oh, I'm indestructible. Like nothing. Yeah. Is well, it doesn't take kill you. Yeah. That cock couldn't take me out. Nothing will. And dude, those are my favorite people. I always say this, you know, my favorite people are the ones that have endured. Yeah. You know, like, you know, show me some 22 year old kid that hasn't fucking done anything. But like the example I always use is like the comedian, John Mulaney. 
uh, I, I didn't really watch John Mulaney, but then I found out he had like a cocaine problem and all that. Mm. And I, it made me like him more. Right. You know what I mean? Or like uh, Chappelle. Chappelle went through some horrible stuff. Like he lost his show and mm -hmm. he went a little nuts. And then he came back right. and became the greatest of all time. And those are the people that, um, you know, those those people that you admire. Like it's it, it just makes you stronger. Like right. You are indestructible now going through that. That's how I kind of feel. Well, you know, I always grew up hating rich kids. Yeah. Which I now can't really get behind 100% because you don't choose how much yeah. money your fucking parents have when you're born. And I know some really cool people that are like great, resilient, super smart people that their parents are filthy rich and they probably don't have to do anything if they don't want to. Yeah. But at the same time, being in LA, you meet a lot of people who you kind of have that realization of like, oh, you're a rich kid. Like you didn't have to work for anything. Like it was always an option for you to just fuck off. Yeah. And that's like very hard for me to relate to as somebody who my parents told me my whole life, like when you graduate high school, you can go to college and we'll help you out with tuition and stuff. Or you get a full-time job and you start paying us rent, you know? And like, I always kind of had that hanging over my head of like that, I have to figure out how I'm going to make my way in this world, you know? Uh -huh. And that was good for you. Yeah. I think it was really good for me because I was the type of person that probably would have, you know, just lived in my parents' basement for as long as possible if I had been able to, you know? Yeah. 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 But they made it pretty clear. Like they just value hard work so much that they just weren't going to let me be a piece of shit. Have you spoken with Jason Love? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Like, uh, That's good. well, well not since that one interview we did where he called in and then he did some interviews after that where I felt like he was being a little disrespectful. I didn't like the way he was talking about it. So that kind of made me have a realization, which is that anybody that she's ever going to shoot with again, or anybody that me and her are going to shoot with together, it needs to be, she, she said this the other day. She's like, anyone else that I ever work with, we're going to do a group chat and we're going to go over all of our stipulations and things that are important to us and stuff like that. Cause like I have a lot of friends of like dudes that I, I'm cool with in the adult industry, you know? And it's like, Jason wasn't really like my friend per se. He was right. just like a guy I knew, yeah. but like, you know, I'm, I'm not shy about like her shooting more content with more dudes and me and her are going to do scenes with other guys together and stuff. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, we definitely like kind of realized a lot of things that could go wrong from that whole thing. Yeah. Who are some of the, who are some of your favorite rappers that you've talked to? Favorite rappers I've talked to. Well, the first one that stands out is XXXTentacion just because that, I did that in my first year doing podcasts and it ended up going on to become like basically the biggest rapper. His story's, cra ever. His story's crazy. He, he died when he was 20. Yeah, uh, right. yeah, twenty one, something like that. Yeah, I think got, I read twenty today. But yeah, he got killed 21. in the in the parking lot of a motorcycle spot. And I mean, that is kind of the crazy part is that so many of the dudes that I was close with early on, from Juice World to Lil Peep to Draco the Ruler, it just you know so many of them either overdosed how's or, that, how's or that got make killed. You feel when you when you interview somebody like that, they have so much potential, um, and then you hear that they passed. What what goes through your mind? I mean, it keeps that. That's what you kind of got to be careful of. Is I feel like my my heart is turning cold to a certain extent, where it's yeah. kind of hard to feel it sometimes because it's just happened so many times. But all those ones I just named were brutal because they were like real friends of mine. Yeah. But I mean, there's a dude named Lil Sodi who's like a, a LA rapper that I interviewed uh, once, and we had a cool relationship. Would always kind of talk in the DMs, and he just died in a car accident the other day. Jesus. And I'm almost like embarrassed of how little mental energy I expanded on thinking about it because it just feels so common at this point. And it, it, part of that is just getting older. It's just more and more, the more people, you know, the, like I've just met so many people over these years that it's just, of course, some percentage of them are going to die and everything. But I mean, that's something I have a lot of guilt about the fact that like, I just, I just kind of moved past it too fast because it just seems so common at this point. And that makes me feel kind of horrible because I meet all these amazing people. And then when they go, it's like, I don't know how to mourn, I guess, yeah. at a certain point. If you stopped to mourn it, it, it would probably really tax you. Yeah. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to um, do what you need to do that day. Yeah. Or you probably, you want to put that energy towards your kid, towards your wife. I get that too. I've, I, there's been like people that have passed that. Yeah. You know, you, you, you want to stop, but you know, you can't. 
and I realized like how, cause a lot of the dudes that I do podcasts with and stuff are from LA or from Compton or they're from gangs and shit. And like, I mean, some of these dudes have known like dozens of people like from their high school who had been killed by the time they graduate high school. So I see it from their perspective too, where it's like, they're kind of like what I'm talking about, where it's like, I see the way that they don't possess the ability to slow down for a week or two to be able to really like mourn somebody that they lost. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's almost scary how by the end of the day we could just be like gallivanting around and talking and act, you know, forgetting that this thing happened, you know? Uh, what happened to Juice World? He was on a plane and then he swallowed the drugs. Is that what happened? Yeah, like the feds were pulling his plane. Uh, we're we're going to search the whole plane. And the, the story that people put out there that I don't think is true is that he like just took like a bunch of Percocets to hide them from the cops, which that doesn't really make sense because the reality is, is that if the feds pull over your private jet and there's, you know, a hundred pounds of weed stashed in the bottom of it, that they don't give a fuck about you having eight perks in your pocket. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think he was sweating that if he really was worried about getting caught with these perks, he could have took them and handed them to his friend or some shit like that. I think he was just really stressed out in that moment by getting pulled over and he was already kind of fucked up, probably running off, not a lot of sleep. And he ended up just having a seizure and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a brutal one, because I, especially him, because now I listen to him all the time with my kid. Like, my kid just, as soon as I played Juice World for it, she just started going crazy for it and asked for it all the time now. Yeah. And that, you know, that really, like, draws more attention to me to, like, just how special he was that a little kid, like, his music is so melodic and so good that even yeah. my kid seems to be able to, I like, appreciate it, it a lot more than all the other shit I play for, which is kind of trippy. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's so fun. Like the eyes of a child. That's when you know something has like is really good. Yeah, and when like I play, old I play a little peep for her, and she goes crazy <laughs> for it too. But I, I feel like part of it is the pink hair. Uh huh. She's super into hair dye. Anybody who's got their hair dyed, she goes nuts for it. You okay. know. So, but I mean, yeah, that that's like a weird feeling to be like, my kid is getting a lot of joy out of these artists that I really knew, and. You know, it, it's just, it's crazy for their music to have a whole new shelf life in my life because now my kid can appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And and what happened to Lil Peep? He overdosed? Yeah, he was the first person that I knew who uh, overdosed on like a, a fentanyl Xan, you know, like he, he got a bad Xanax. And I didn't even know about that in 2017. And he was kind of, him him dying made me like, oh, fuck, I got to stop with the partying and everything because I was popping Xans all the time back then. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what happened to him. Damn. Did you go, because I watched a doc on him. Did you go to, like, all his underground shows in L.A. and all that? and like Early on, I went to a bunch of them, yeah. Because yeah, I had him on the podcast in, like, 2016 or something. What was something. he like? He was just the sweetest kid you ever met. He was very soft. Like, if you watch that documentary and you see his mom and how smart she is, and she's, like, some sort of socialist, like, professor or something, you yeah. sort of realize, like, oh, wow, he had a lot of crazy influences around him as a kid but i mean he was the first uh the first music videos i ever posted on the youtube channel were, were him he was were just, him. He was just reaching out to me and just asking me if i could post his videos and stuff and i remember getting like so much hate on, on some of the songs early on and then fast forward six months or a year and he was huge and like i, I all of a sudden i looked like a genius that i actually posted those videos which is kind of trippy just that like it got so much negativity early on why did it get negativity uh he was just kind of like early in his artistic development maybe or it was uh, I see. you you weren't you, you hadn't seen so many artists that were like doing a good job of meshing like the pop punk slash hardcore slash hip-hop thing uh-huh you know he was and that kinda, was new he was kind of early on that so right. i feel like a lot of people weren't ready for it at the time you know yeah who, who else who else have you talked to on your show that you like well, there's one you dude, love. King Vaughn, who, uh, man, I've heard of that. Who if you want to kill three hours, watch the King King Vaughn serial killer documentary. He's basically this like gangster rapper from Chicago who, after he died, it became clear that he had definitely killed a bunch of people. Oh, and it was it's like I didn't know at all when I interviewed him like how serious he was regarded in the streets. But that ended up being I interviewed him like a couple months before he passed, and that ended up just being like a crazy arc to be part of of just having met him and stuff and i don't know that one stands out a lot even like you know when you do somebody's last interview before they pass like i interviewed this dude fbg cash he got killed like a couple months after i interviewed him i interviewed my my draco the ruler i kind of did like his last interview before he got stabbed to death uh i don't know how do you feel about that being so close to like to 
seeing people having them having you be their last interview that's fucked I mean, it feels like a lot of responsibility, especially because then the fans will take every last bit of your conversation and analyze it and come up with their own theories. Because, uh-huh. like, the Draco the Ruler interview, he was, like, he was dissing somebody that he had beef with, and I didn't understand what he was saying because uh-huh. it was, like, he was kind of coding it so that it was hard for me to understand, which is, like, kind of a, a tricky thing that rappers do sometimes is that they'll diss people they don't get along with in such a way that I don't know what they're talking about. But I mean, people say all the time that I killed him or I got him. I got him killed because I, yeah, put that interview out, even though I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Oh my god! If I had to sit and talk to some of these guys, I wouldn't even know what the fuck they're saying. Yeah, that happens and that sometimes. people do accuse you of that, don't they? They're like, oh yeah, time, he's yeah. starting something with so and so. Yeah, just by nature of you having them on the show. Yeah, just because like I, as an interviewer, if I'm interviewing a rapper who's on some gangster shit, and every other song has a bunch of lyrics about who they don't get along with. I'm going to ask them about who they don't get along with, or I'm going to ask them about like, Hey, when you said this thing about this dude, like what were, what were you talking about? And you know, people get mad because it does seem kind of trolly sometimes because obviously I, in, in many cases I do know exactly what they're talking about. Uh, for me, it's like, I'm just kind of setting it up for them. Like you could easily wiggle your way out of this question. If sure. you just go in a different direction, all you gotta say is I don't want to talk about that. Have you ever seen a, a rapper's lyrics used against him in court? I have not. Not like, not it anyone that like I was really meme, close but I, with, but no, but not somebody you're close with. But that, that that's like a meme that I've seen. Like, oh yeah, and I mean, it's, it's crazy because like Nicki Minaj one time had this quote where she said like, it's bullshit that they're bl- they're blaming drill music on, um, on all these kids dying and stuff. And it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, they literally will make songs saying like dissing their enemies and then those same enemies will come to their fucking neighborhood and kill people indiscriminately like this happens all the time yeah and like for some reason someone like Nicki minaj is just like in denial about it because she's not that tuned in but i mean yeah it's it it is kind of weird as you get older too because it's like i've been consumed with like gangster ass rap music since i was a young kid then all of a sudden you're like a 40 year old white guy and it's like well why do, why do you like this like like what what is it about this are you are you obsessed with black death do you, do you like this do you yeah. do you want to encourage this which for me is not the case at all i'm just like genuinely fascinated by these these dudes you know it's fucking fascinating yeah and i feel like i'm kind of uniquely uh, poised to have conversations with them that are you know high quality conversations i feel like the vast majority of the time they walk away from it with a good feeling and feeling yeah. like I gave them like a platform that they wouldn't have had otherwise. But there's a lot of people who can't really deal with the, the optics of you being a 40 year old white guy that wants to have these <laughs> conversations, which I, you know, I get it. It's not like a totally crazy opinion. Yeah. But I feel like you've paid your dues enough in that space. But as a white guy, it's never going to be enough. Is that true? Yeah, you're always going to be a colonizer. They're always going to look for some some because like there could be five black dudes that do the same exact interview that I do. Yeah, but just me looking like I look, it's like I'm I'm going to be the one who gets all the hate for it. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's like a little burden you got to carry, huh? Well, I don't give a fuck, but yeah. (laughs) Who would you love to interview? Who haven't you talked to yet? I mean, the Drake one would obviously be amazing. Yeah. Um, What you think about uh, Bobby Altoff and Drake? They, they well, I'm still it. trying to figure out why she deleted it. Why did she delete it? I don't know. No one knows. Not he right must now. have called her and said he doesn't want it up. That's what pisses me off. Right? But, well, but why would he do that? And and a lot of people are suggesting, like, well, maybe he tried to fuck and she wasn't down. I mean, wh- why would that then make them both unfollow each other and then she removed the interview from YouTube? It's like the best, biggest thing that ever happened to her. Yeah. I just don't understand why she would take it down. It's, like, very hard for me to wrap my head around. And I, I, I can't land on any kind of, like, Legality. reasonable... It was like, take this down or I'm going to sue the fuck out of you. But why? Why would he want it taken down? Because it, it and felt... And she removed it, all the Instagram clips of it and everything, too. So, like, did. fully, like, erased it from the internet. It felt like, it felt like a, a misstep for Drake. Drake's oh, brand. Look at this. Dave has the... Silvana's like, I heard that Bobby slept with Drake and is getting a divorce. So I asked her. I DM Bobby. What? You asked her, did you sleep with Drake and are you getting a divorce? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm not com- commenting on that publicly. Wait, so you just outed her? Oh. You just outed her not public comment? <laughs> what does he say? Whoa. When he, when he got bleep, what was he saying? It... it, it. He made him seem like he was like reading. He was reciting what she said in the DM, oh, and that they slept. Together. Well, I guess that does make a little sense. Like 
maybe they slept together and her husband's upset about it. I mean, I guess he would be upset about it. I, I was just on the podcast yesterday talking about You know about well. You know full well about but, this. But yeah. I was just talking about how I don't think that really makes – like, why, why does Drake care? Like, Drake fuck every supermodel on earth, right? Yeah. She's a pretty, like, normal-looking human. I don't know. But, I mean, it sounds like Dave's got the drop. Maybe – damn, that must have just came out, right? How do, how, do, how do rappers have sex with people and you don't hear about it? Because they know that if they tell anyone that they're going to get killed by that rapper's homies. <laughs> no, uh, probably not, but all those definitely... I've definitely... I know women who probably want to expose rappers and won't because they're afraid that they will lose their life. But yeah, probably not the Drake situation. But I mean, maybe maybe that was her way of saying to her husband, like, look, look at how much I don't care about Drake. I'll even take the interview down. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, then yeah, still, yeah. why would he unfollow her? It's just kind of weird to me. No, I just think it was like... Drake has a brand and an image and he just didn't want it up. And then they said they threatened legality and she took it down. Yeah, but I think that's she, what I think. I, I think mean, she has the same manager as him or, or not manager, or like agent or some shit. Like they're, they're they connected the same, in some they weird have the way. Same, I think they're the same agency, but it's William Morris. It doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, it's you're like right, you're right. Drake's end of William it's Morris is not Bobby Altoff's end of William Morris. Um, oh, that's, that's crazy. Cause we never really get to hear messy shit about who Drake's banged. So yeah, if, that's if, what if, I always wonder about. He's very this. good at like keeping the the messy groupy shit from not happening yeah. to him, which is pretty impressive when you really think impressive. about it. he's been single like the whole time that we've known about him. <laughs> so if that really is how this went down and we're going to get to like really find some shit out about how Drake moves. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I don't think so. What's your we can wrap up, but what's your advice to anybody watching that's a fan of yours? Some young kid out there that's watching you. What would what would you tell you're dying right now. Grow up. Start watching Hassan or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, my advice? I don't know. I mean, I I guess just like, well, I don't know. I'm gonna give some like generic ass fucking. I mean, advice. I think I think I think I could tell you what you know what I what I see when I look at you. Um, just just if I was a fan of you, when I am, if I was a kid though, I would just look at the example that you've set. Like I just think like anybody who comes from a BMX blog and yeah. has gotten to where you've gotten. It's, uh, it's really impressive, Adam. Yeah, I mean, it's just that. insane. Yeah. There's not a lot of people who make it out of the BMX content grind. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I, whenever I am around BMX people, I do get that feeling of like, wow, they cannot believe that I fucking actually managed to make it out of that shit. But I, I have this memory of being like 16 and a friend of mine and I were talking about what the meaning of life was. And I gave this answer that now to me seems kind of like juvenile and pedestrian. But I remember saying like, life is about finding something that you like to do and just doing it over and over and over and just getting as good at that thing as possible. And when I think about it now, I'm like, why would the meaning of life be to just get good at some random pursuit or some interest or whatever? Now life seems more complicated where it's like, oh, you want to create meaning in your life. And you're going to do that through relationships and through responsibility. And, and uh, you know, taking on that responsibility is going to you know make your life better and stuff and now i understand why having children is important and but at, at the end of the day like i can't prescribe that to everybody you know it's like a, a lot of times i'll have dudes tell me like yeah you know like you, seeing you and your girl really like inspired me to get into my relationship with my girl and like to really settle down and i'm like bro you're 19 i don't know if you should <laughs> like settling down at 19 and settling down in your mid 30s like me are very very different things like you need to sow your wild oats and get yeah. out there and like figure out what's going on i can't just say like you know settling down but i remember you know ryan holiday the author yeah he's amazing he uh i remember him telling me one time just like you got to settle down, get into a relationship, like take your life more serious. And luckily he was telling me that at a time where I was basically ready to hear that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you need like a wild period of your life, but then at some point you got to just listen to your, your soul and your body. Like I, I, I would be like very unhappy if I was still going to bars and partying and stuff. You know, I got plenty of friends who dropped dead from doing Coke in their like early thirties, you know? Yeah. And, or just drinking and doing Coke, same exact shit that I was doing in my early thirties. And like, you know, I, 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 they're, they're dead and they're gone because they just went a little too hard, you know? Whereas, but I also have friends who died like, you know, in their early twenties from getting fucked up too. And like somehow I managed to navigate that, but I don't know. And now you do nothing. Now I just smoke weed. Yeah. Just smoke weed. Yeah. Smoke weed before bed? 
Yeah. I, after the honeymoon and stuff, I got a lot better at waiting to smoke weed until I kind of get all my shit done for the day. Whereas there's been a lot of times where <laughs> I got four interviews throughout the day and I'm literally like smoking spliffs on the way to work. And I don't think that's good for my energy levels. I can't do that. I can't yeah. smoke weed. I could not sit here and talk to you if I was high. I mean, I could talk to you, but it wouldn't be good. See, I, I could. I could have got high as shit before I came here. And yeah? Have a pretty, yeah, it would be a funnier, goofier conversation or whatever. But it would it would still be all right. I should but try it. I built up a crazy level of tolerance at a certain point. But when I really think about it, it's like I used to smoke like 10 blunts a day. And now I'll smoke like one or two splits for a day, which is, to put it in comparison, it's probably like, you know, one tenth as much weed as yeah. I used to smoke, but I still can't get to. I can't get myself to the point of just not smoking at all yet. Right. I don't know. But where does it put you when you have one or two a day? Uh, it's oh, but just, you do it at night. It just slows me down at the end of the day. I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm I'm fucking around playing poker or. Mind- it help you sleep? Yeah, and it's supposed to give you bad sleep. But I wore one of those whoop bracelets for a little while, and it, it said my sleep was fine. Really? Yeah. All right, Adam, thank you for coming, man. This has been great. So thank fucking you, Jason. nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's yeah. great to finally like become part yeah. of the vlog squad. You're in, baby. <laughs> we're going to uh, quickly, we're going to shoot you with a paintball gun and then you're, you're out of here. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went to Jonah's falafel once. Jonah's falafel. So yeah, th- yeah. that also made me feel like I was part of it. Yeah. Well, if you ever need anything, I'm here, man. I hey, appreciate you, dude. All right. Thanks, Adam. My guy. Oh, go, go, go fucking. Go, uh, we'll link No Jumper below the podcast channel. Obviously, it's huge, but uh, go check out Adam's interviews. Go check out his uh, other podcast, Plug Talk. Go check out his OnlyFans. Go check out Lena's OnlyFans. If, um, hey, don't ever be shy if you want to talk to Lena because she was like actually jealous that I was coming to do this today. Oh, we wanted her to come. We felt like, oh, really? We, we felt like we, I wanted her to come, but I felt like, um, it was like asking too much. She would be overjoyed to, oh, do, really? to do an episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll line it up for you. Okay, yeah. It's good. Stretch the content out. Yeah, have us, the content have us apart. Out. Six months. Come together. Yeah, she can come uh, next, this week. I might just stay here. I might just sleep here. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right, All right bye it. guys. Bye.